Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Jason Snow back again with another episode of the Jason Snow Show. This one is for Tuesday, July 20th, 2021, episode 38. And I figured, you know, the NBA Finals, you know, not coming to a close exactly, but, you know, getting deeper in the series. Uh, who better to bring on than the biggest Giannis fan I know, uh, a Greek that always helps if you're a Giannis fan. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Ben Maymaridis. You know, you've gotten a lot of introductions, Ben. That yeah. one might be one of the best ones. I'm not going to lie to you. That, that one's pretty good right there. That was pretty good. I will admit that that's a, uh, I always appreciate it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, uh, we, we definitely have a lot to talk about. And uh, thanks for, thanks for having me on here. I, I love the podcast. I love how it's growing and, you know, I'm very proud of you, man. This is this is a great show. I love listening. I love tuning in. So I'm just happy to to be a guest on here. I'm honored. Oh, honored. You know, you know who always says, you know, how great their introductions are? The host at nauseum. It's it's crazy. But uh, <laughs> but yes, game six is actually tonight, and I'm gonna get this episode before the game tips off. Uh, but I picked Phoenix and six, not gonna lie to you. Uh gonna open up this episode with I was so wrong on Milwaukee. It's like, you know, middle of winter, January. I'm a meteorologist and I think a, a hailstorm is coming our way and then it's clear skies and 80 degrees. It, like, that's how wrong I was. So wrong. I was like, okay, Middleton's not really a clutch time score. I didn't think. I was like, they probably overpaid for Drew Holiday. Giannis as much of a shot creator. I didn't think their their regular season success of years past would translate to the playoffs but it's done that and more. Are you surprised about Milwaukee as much as I am? I'm surprised, but in a good way. It's a good surprise because the same thing with uh, with Drew Holiday, like you mentioned, I was like, hmm, maybe they gave up too much for Drew Holiday, you know? I mean, because that was kind of a big trade. That was the big trade of the offseason. And that's clearly paid off. I mean, you know, at the beginning of the playoffs, Holiday had some bad games where he wasn't being aggressive. He wasn't taking shots. He was just kind of looking for other people to to pass it and stuff. But no, nah. I mean, especially the last game, he had what, like 13 assists and he had like 27 points, 28 points. He was going off. And so I, that's that clearly paid off. I mean, are they here without Drew Holiday? I'm not sure. I mean, he was he was excellent, especially this series. Middleton as well. Can he make clutch shots? <laughs> yep. That guy, I mean, he's their closer. You know, I mean, Giannis is their best player, obviously, but you look at Middleton, he's the guy they go to in the fourth quarter. He's the guy that kind of carries the load in the fourth quarter, and he's the guy that makes the tough shots. And he's a shot creator. He's a bucket bucket maker. I mean, he, he gets everything. I mean, especially, like, down the stretch in game, uh, game five, he was, he was hitting everything in the last four minutes. I was like, oh my God, like, <laughs> and that was good defense. Like give credit to the Suns for playing great defense. And, you know, I mean, unfortunately it just, it didn't go their way. I mean, they had some turnovers at the end, but man, I mean, they were just making shots. They were, they were just hitting everything. Even Giannis, Giannis was, and me and you, for all the viewers, out, all the listeners out there, me and Jason crap on Giannis's play where he shoots threes. He shoots outside the paint. He tries to be Kevin Durant or someone. And he started to do that in game five and he was making them. He was, he was taking these baseline fadeaways and I'm like, Oh wow. That's, that's nice. That's wet. Where, where did that come from? All of a sudden he's hitting it. But you know, Giannis was playing obviously way more aggressive was playing to his strengths. Like we said, he wasn't trying to be someone else. He was playing like Giannis onto the which I loved. And right now, I mean, this could be bucks and six, man. It could. I I thought I want the series to go seven. I think it will go seven, but I don't know. Game six in Milwaukee to close it out. Mm-hmm. It's looking, looking good for Milwaukee right now. And you pointed out something huge for Milwaukee that they haven't done before. And it was, you nailed it, be themselves and Giannis in particular. But I think one of the big reasons why Giannis is being more of himself, being more assertive inside, being, um, you know, more of that inside presence more than anything else is plus teams can't build a wall around them because Middleton and holiday and Connaughton to a degree imported us off the bench. Those guys are doing the perimeter work. So Giannis doesn't feel like he has to do that. Like it, going into the series. Okay. I'm going to be honest. I did not think Middleton 
even though he played well against Atlanta in the prior series, I didn't think he'd put up 25, seven and six in a finals. I didn't think Drew Holiday would be an 18, six and nine with two steals, locking up Devin Booker when it counts most, locking up Chris Paul. I, I, by the way, we'll talk, we'll touch on Phoenix in a second, but Chris Paul has been uncharacteristic. Why? Yeah. Drew Holiday. So even though, you know, pure player value, yes, giving up three first round picks plus a, at the time, a good player in Eric Bledsoe for Drew Holiday seemed like a lot. And I came out two episodes ago after game two when Phoenix just, you know, crushed him. I was like, Drew Holiday's a B plus player. You paid him like he's LeBron. That's too much. Like, Mm-hmm. But all things considered, would you give all of that up for a championship? Yeah. So I, I'm really surprised with Milwaukee. I'm surprised with how, um, not. I mean, the pick and roll coverage, I didn't think Milwaukee played it very well in games one and two, but the power of the home court and Portis is hitting shots and Connaughton's getting rebounds. He, he's Their supporting cast is better than I thought. For sure. And I love how you mentioned Connaughton because he's been playing excellent. I mean, especially, I mean, he, I think he's leading the finals right now in three pointers made. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a great rebounder. He doesn't seem like he's that big, but he can box out and get rebounds. And Bobby Portis, man, Bobby Portis, like he's only averaging like six points a game this season. But like his mentality, like his, uh, his attitude and like the way he plays is so ferocious that he just, he just, he goes crazy and like, he's not even like, you know, he's not a great player per se, but he hits threes. He rebounds, he can play defense. And I'm just, I'm super impressed with, and I also gave a lot of crap to, to coach Budenholzer. Cause I thought, you know, I'm like, you know, he's not really using Giannis, right. You know, our Milwaukee, like when they were playing the nets, I said, okay, they're letting Kevin Durant go off like that. Like, you know, it's, Giannis isn't guarding Durant. I, I was, I just had a lot of questions about coach bud and how he was running the team, but right now he made some adjustments. The holiday on Chris Paul, like you mentioned, that was a huge adjustment and also holiday on Booker. I mean, he, he was locking them down. Chris Paul. I mean, let's not sugarcoat this. He was bad the past couple of games, past three games. He was not that good. And like you said, it was because of Drew holiday. I mean, Budenholzer had to recognize that and adjust and say, all right, we're going to put Drew on on Chris. And not only that, for Giannis, on offense, they're drawing plays where they're kicking the ball around and getting in action to make the defense move and then have give the ball to Giannis with clear downhill momentum instead of just having iso ball or, you know, having Giannis start at the top of the key. Like, they would just swing the ball around to Giannis, and then he, now he's going downhill on DeAndre Ayton, who's trying to switch on him. And then it's two points. And it's brilliant. I mean, even even Mark Jackson on the on the broadcast was saying, like, that's a great adjustment. I mean, you, you need a really good coach to recognize that. Bring out the best in your players. You know, focus on your players' strengths. So, I mean, I'm, I'm super – I mean, obviously, the, the big three – Giannis, Middleton, Drew, like they're doing what they do, but this supporting cast has stepped up in a big way, including the coaching staff. Yeah, we've both kind of dinged Giannis. I mean, I think you in particular and, and me as well, I'm mostly focused on the shot creation more than anything. Like you see the stars, you see Dame create at the top of the key, you can get a shot. Steph can get a shot. LeBron can get a shot. Durant can get a shot. Heck, even Jokish for his size and kind of awkward ability to, to move. Uh, he can yep. get a shot. Luca. Luca as well. There's another, there's like countless guys, like probably nine out of the top 10 guys in the league can create a shot on their own. Giannis isn't like that, but it hasn't mattered. And I think you and I have mostly focused on as well, his standalone three point shot, as well as his free throws. The threes, like you said, in game five, they did go down, but how big of a concern are the free throws going forward? Because the crowd's going to count and it yeah. doesn't seem like he cares very much. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, I think he's not a good free throw shooter with or without the counting. I don't know how much the counting has to do with it. Um, he did say in, in a press conference that he loves the counting because when he makes it, it makes him feel like so good, you know, because it's justified. It's like, oh, well, you're counting here. I made it. But if you make one of two, I mean, how, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not, it's not at the level where it's like hack yet. Like they're not, they're not, they're not daring him to go to the line. Right. 
Um, and I think, especially in the past couple series before this one, Giannis did seem kind of apprehensive to go to the line. He would pass it out before he could get fouled. So he didn't have to go to the line. This one, I think he's kind of, he's kind of gained a little more confidence. And I think he's, he's not worried about if he makes one. Okay. You know, cause his mentality right now is he's just trying to, he's trying to get the most chances. And if he goes to the line and he only makes one, all right, he can get to the line again. You know, and he's been getting in the line a lot this series. I mean, it's evident because you can see, you can hear everyone counting. By the way, that's not real counting. This is this is how they count. One, two, three, four, five. Like, come on, come on. And you know what? You know, the other thing is, it's generally the same rhythm. I think at this point, Giannis is like, okay. I mean, think about it. If you were if you were Giannis, right? And they they're counting like that. He's going right now. He's like, all right. They start counting when I get the ball. I should shoot it around when they say 10. That seems right. You know, because then that's when he that's when he releases it every time. And then sometimes it's wet. So it's, you know, I think the free throws, I don't think it's going to be that big of a problem in these next two games, if it goes two games. Because Giannis is still such an exceptional player on, on both sides of the floor that he doesn't need to be a great, similar to Shaq. You know, that's how Shaq was. It was, it, he was dominant without shooting free throws. And then people point, well, he only hit half of his free throws. People say so. <laughs> it's because he's so dominant everywhere else. So I don't think it'll be that much of a problem for him going forward. And let, let's stay on Giannis because I've, I've thought about thought a lot about this. Um, all time, I don't know. I mean, two-time MVP by 26, potentially a finals MVP. And that's another question if he if he deserves that or not. I believe Defensive he does. player of the year. Defensive, Yeah. I hear Chris Broussard on Fox Sports say he has the potential to be in the GOAT conversation. It, it's a little early for that. But where do you think this title, the way it played out, where Suns were favored going in, uh, Giannis' season was supposed to be over, and now he's, take, now he's taking over. So you know, how do you think this impacts his legacy when we look back at it? in, I don't know, whenever he retires, but like, wh- where do you think, you know, how does this contribute to his legacy? This is huge for his legacy. And that's a great question because you're right. Cause in the last series, I guess against Atlanta, he blew out his knee and I thought he was done. I mean, his knee hyperextended and I thought he was done for the year. I was like, well, there goes Milwaukee's chances. All right. But, um, he, that clearly, I mean, who knows? I mean, you know, everyone says, they're injured after the finals. Like, you know, cause people are saying right now that Chris Paul has a hurt hand. Maybe that's why he's not playing well. You know, who knows? Giannis's knee could still be bothering him, but it sure doesn't look like it. But as far as his legacy, I mean, I think this is huge. And I was thinking about this um, recently because like you said, two-time MVP defensive player of the year, you know, multiple first team, all NBAs before he's 26, he's 26 right now trip to the finals and he's been dominating. I I think in my opinion, he's finals MVP and the only person that you could even give some kind of uh, consideration to is Middleton. If you're talking about Milwaukee, you know, mm-hmm. if, if Phoenix wins, it's a different story, but if Milwaukee, th- those are the two guys, but Giannis, man, I mean, his numbers right now are like what, like 32, 32, 13 and six or something like that in the finals. I mean, that's, that's all time stuff. I agree. It's too early to talk about goat right now. He still had a long career ahead of him, but as far as best players of this generation, he's right up there. He's right up there. And, you know, I think I texted you during, I, I forget which game It's probably the last game, but I said, Giannis is looking like he's playing like the best player in the world, which, you know, I mean, obviously LeBron Durant, those guys are still at the top, but you know, after that, who who's really who's really up there? Because I mean, you got to give Giannis his credit at some point. I mean, he he brought this Milwaukee team. He never quit on Milwaukee. Remember when everyone thought he was going to leave in free agency and go to like the Heat or wherever? Myself never, included. Right, exactly. And and he never quit on Milwaukee. He said, "No, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this team to a championship." And even if he doesn't win, I mean, you win three games in the finals. You know, a, a lot of people. We're, we're writing Giannis off and because they're saying, especially in the bubble, they lose to uh, Miami. It's like, oh, well, he can't win. 
Um, you know, they lose to Toronto two years ago. Oh, he can't win. He can't win. But I mean, he's, he's proven everyone wrong right now. And I absolutely love it. Holding it down for the Greeks out there. Love it. You say proving everyone wrong. What you're, 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 you're beating around the bush here. Just say me. Prove Jason's wrong. <laughs> you're trying to be nice, and uh, you take it to me. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> you did. Yeah, yeah, you did. You did. You, I made a I graphic. Thought, I made a graphic and put it on did. social media. You did, Jason Snow. Everyone, Photoshop expert, by the way. But um, expert. but yeah, no, yeah, I, you did. I'm as, I'm as good at Photoshop as Giannis is at free throws. Okay, all right. Oh, I'm, I'm stubborn. I get there a lot. I'm, oh, but, you know. You got to give yourself some credit. I'd say if I'd say your 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 Photoshop skills are pretty good. I'd say they're better at Giannis shooting free throws. But you you did you did you did make a graphic of Giannis in a Heat jersey, I believe. So, but that you know it, you know it happens. It happens. We're all wrong every once in a while. You're wrong about some things. Like uh, don't even go here. Don't I'm, even go. I, here. I won't. I won't because because that'll just open. That will open Pandora's box and then we won't be able to close it. And for all the listeners, by the way, I tried to steer him away from that fork in the road because I knew he was going to go, <laughs> Ron and Jordan, you're wrong about that too. You know, I, I knew where that was going, not trying to go into it. Um, who's getting new? I'm probably going to get into it in probably like 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, uh... yeah, I was going to talk about these finals because we've talked about super teams a lot and we disagree about that. Uh, we did before. I kind of see where you're coming from more now than ever, but uh, we talk about super teams and now we get a Phoenix Milwaukee finals and granted it's not over and Phoenix can still obviously come back and win though. It'll be harder on Milwaukee's home court, but to see a team like Milwaukee or Phoenix for that matter, hold the trophy and it's not a Brooklyn you know, player made team. It's not a Miami Heatles. It's not a Golden State team. Does this change the trajectory of, you know, how free agents are looked at? And it's not the Clippers either. The Clippers kind of put them together through free agency. Like, does this change how teams are going to be made going forward? Um, it could. And I hope it does because I mean I've told you multiple times I hate the the players joining up like it's AAU and, you know, trying to just load up all-star teams to go to the, go to the finals. I don't like that. I think it's kind of cheap. Um, but that's why I love these finals. I mean, two, two small market teams who built their, their teams the right way, you know, like through the draft, through smart front office moves and it's paid off for them. I mean, you look at Phoenix they drafted Devin Booker. They drafted DeAndre Ayton. They drafted Mikhail Bridges. And then they got Chris Paul. And then Milwaukee, I mean, they got True Holiday, obviously. They they drafted Giannis. They drafted Middleton. I mean, these are teams that, that built their teams from the ground up. They didn't have some, you know, they're not glamorous markets, right? I mean, Phoenix may be a little more glamorous than Milwaukee because it's, you know, warm weather all the time. But it's still not L.A. It's not New York. You know, it's not Miami. So free agents aren't clamoring to go there. And because of that, you got teams that are just building their teams from the ground up the right way. And I love it. And I think, you know, I don't know if this is going to be the, the, the shift where we go back to, to, you know, how it was before the super teams. I think super teams will still be a thing. Cause like, the Brooklyn Nets are still a team. They still have Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. They're going to come back next year, probably all healthy. And, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, but this is still this. I think this is a good step in the right direction because right now, all the young, the young fans and all the Jason Snows of the world who love the super teams, who, who were, who were dreading, who were dreading a Phoenix and, and, and Milwaukee finals because they wanted, they wanted a Nets versus Lakers finals. Cause they're like, Oh, well this finals is going to be going to be boring. This is one of the better finals I've seen. I mean, this is, this is the most entertaining finals I've seen since probably, I mean, well, golden state Toronto was okay, but I'd say 20, this stacks up with 2016, 2016, obviously for me is, is that's one of the best series I've ever seen. 
So it's not there, but it it's it stacks up with that because both teams are like the, you you wouldn't think both teams are so even, but they are. Because it feels like every game it could go either way. The last game, Phoenix could have easily won game five if Devin Booker didn't turn the ball over. So you look at things like that and it's it's so entertaining. It's it's so much infinitely more entertaining than LeBron versus Golden State part three with Kevin Durant and they go, it's like a five game, like they lost they Golden State lost one game, you know, and it was like kind of a cheap game, and then they ended up closing it out. Like that's not entertaining. Everyone knew that Golden State was gonna win the whole time. Like like before the season, everyone is putting Brooklyn in the finals. Everyone's like, oh, Brooklyn, Lakers, finals. I'm just like, where's the fun in that? There's no, there's no suspense, there's no anticipation. It's just a foregone conclusion. So that's why I love these finals and I love the not knowing who's going to win every night. And that's probably like that along with why does it stack up to be one of the best finals in years, which I agree with you. I'm having so much fun with this series. A, we have the star power. Granted, it's not certified hall of famer star power, like, like Durant versus LeBron. It's Giannis versus Devin Booker. You know what I mean? It's not like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's legendary moments, like we saw the alley oop. That I my jaw was on the ground. I had to scoop it up. Like it, it was crazy. Oh, I and screamed. Then, I was screaming Greek obscenities. So <laughs> <laughs> that was just oh man, that was great. But go ahead. Aren't those hieroglyphics? <laughs> that's that's ancient Egypt, Jason. Come on, man. I don't know anything about you and your Greek culture. Um, anyway, I was legendary moments. You got the alley oop. You got the block. Giannis on DeAndre Ayton, and then you have kind of the injury suspense. Where is Giannis even going to play in Game One? That was a game time decision. Like, he, I think he still wears a sleeve underneath his uh, underneath his normal yep. sleeves. Uh, so there's the suspense there, and then you have the clutch moments. You have Chris Middleton making shots I didn't even know he could make, and then, and then, so I think that's why it stacks up. But I want to go back to you mentioned Brooklyn, and this relates to Milwaukee mostly. But think back to that Brooklyn series and think how I, I think about this often, where like the what if moments, like mm-hmm. what if Steph Curry got drafted by the Timberwolves? What if Kobe stayed with the Hornets? What you know, list goes on and on. What if Game Seven of that series? Durant hits the the fadeaway three pointer foot on the line. You look at it; it's mar. It's so close to the like his toenail is on the line. And if yeah, if he, if he's a, he's a size thirteen, I think. If he was a size twelve, it would have been a three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if and if that's a three, what would have happened to Milwaukee? Milwaukee goes out with a, a second round exit, so they likely get rid of Budenholzer. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you just run it back with a new coach? Just the future, the future of Milwaukee's kind of kind of hangs on that little thread of Durant's toenail was on the line. Like so like does Giannis, you know, try to make some moves with the roster? Because it's the same roster he's had for years and it's always come up short. So like I, I don't even know what would have happened, but it's fun to think about if Durant's toe was was a centimeter behind where it was what could have happened? Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. Cause Milwaukee's kind of had a, they've, they've went through a lot of coaches in Giannis's time in Milwaukee. I mean, Jason Kidd was there like, and just none of them seemed to click. And I know when Jason Kidd got fired, Giannis was not happy because Giannis really liked Jason Kidd. I mean, a lot of the players did, but they, they got rid of him because it was, you know, similar thing. They were out in the second round every year. So they had to kind of switch it up, but I think, I mean, who knows how far Brooklyn would have gone. I think they would have handled Atlanta in the, in the Eastern conference finals, because I mean, it's Atlanta and, you know, Trey young got banged up and then, you know, they, they weren't really at a hundred percent. And then, but like even Harden, Harden was banged. I don't think Harden was playing at a hundred percent against Milwaukee. I mean, no, he, he banged, I forget what he injured, but he, his knee. I think. Yeah, it was his knee. And, um, you know, he was getting like 10 points a game and everyone's like, well, what's wrong with James Harden? I'm like, he's, he's just not hundred percent. That's what happens. But that's the story with James Harden, not to go off on a tangent, but that's what happens every year. He's excellent during the regular season. And then the playoffs come and he either a fatigues, fizzles out, 
or he gets injured, can't compete. And that's kind of the story with him. So that's why when everyone's like, oh, Brooklyn of the finals, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy. Like <laughs> Kyrie, ever since he left LeBron, has never made it past the second round. James Harden fizzles out every year. And well, yeah, you got Durant, you know, it's Durant. Durant's great. He's great. So, but you couldn't, you, I don't think that that alone could have got him to the finals, but it is an interesting thought experiment to think, wow, like they were that close. Cause even Durant said, he's like, I, I saw that shot go in and I ended their season, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought for sure that was a three. I was a little rattled. I was praying it was a two because I really wanted Milwaukee to win that series. But uh, that was also one of the all-time great game sevens. I yes. think that was that was a that was an amazing game seven. Just wire to wire to wire. That was just awesome. That was just a great game. But these playoffs have been excellent so far. I mean, I've been so entertained. Let's shift to Chris Paul because going into this series. He ends the Clippers season on their home court, his former team, uh, 41 points, I believe, 31 of those in the second half. And I was like, that's the best Chris Paul game I've potentially ever seen. And I was like, okay, I agree. This just kind of fits. This fits like the storybook ending of Chris Paul's career. You would have thought, okay, he struggles throughout the playoffs, the second round exits, makes it to the conference finals with the Rockets, then gets hurt, then gets traded OKC, makes him to the playoffs even though they weren't supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And then he gets to Phoenix and we're unsure because, because Phoenix has never made the playoffs in, in a decade. So we don't really know what's up with them. Mm-hmm. He goes there second seed. And now we're like, okay, they're a little unproven, but no one should take them lightly. They take out LeBron in six games. I believe. Yeah. Six games yep. in the first round, LeBron's, you know, first time playoff exit, uh, first round, exit of his, of his career. I don't know if you heard. Um, then, <laughs> then they sweep the Nuggets, a team that I believed in, um, in the second round. And then they, they go to the Clippers and and take care of them in, in short business. I thought this would be Phoenix's year just because of Chris Paul, just the way that Clippers series went. I thought this was the year Chris Paul would put a stamp on his Hall of Fame career and win a title. Momentum is shifting away from that. How, you know, how do you assess Chris Paul in this finals? And if he doesn't win one, which there's a possibility that he will, but you know, how is this going to land with his career? If if he loses this finals, I think win or lose these finals, he's a hall of famer. I don't think that's, I don't think that's debatable, but if he loses a lot of people are going to point fingers, a lot of people, because Chris, you know, when you have a great player, and this would this would apply for the Bucks as well. If if the Bucks lose, Giannis would get lion's share of the of the blame because he's the best player. And Chris Paul, I think you know it's either him or Devin Booker. But you, Devin Booker isn't the leader of that team. Chris Paul is. So I think you know Chris Paul would get the lion's share of the credit if they won. But if they lose, it falls on Chris Paul's shoulders, which is unfair. But that's just kind of how it is. And. You know, it's definitely, I don't know, because I think this helped. I think getting to the finals does a lot for Chris Paul's career because he finally got over the hump because he had so many years where he was so close. Like you mentioned, he made it to the conference finals with the Rockets, but then they lose to the Warriors because he got hurt. Um, All those years with the Clippers, they never even made it to the conference finals. After so many years, consecutive playoff appearances, they never made it. And that's when they had Blake Griffin in his prime. They had DeAndre Jordan, who was young at the time and athletic. And they had, you know, Jamal Crawford coming off the bench, who was a hooper. You know, I mean, that guy's a bucket. Um, And they just never could, they never could get to the conference finals. And then you you did kind of feel like Chris Paul just needed the right team. They needed the right fit. And even when he was in Houston, I thought that wasn't a great fit. I didn't think that was a great fit with James Harden. They're two ball dominant players. And, you know, James Harden obviously wants the ball and Chris Paul wanted to facilitate. And, and James Harden was like, no, no offense runs through me. And Chris Paul's like, no, no, we have to play team basketball. That didn't work out. Phoenix did feel like the right fit. I mean, first of all, we haven't mentioned him yet, but Monty Williams, excellent coach stud. Yeah, he's 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 been amazing for Phoenix. And I hope that even if they lose this finals, I hope that 
hope that doesn't fall on Monty Williams because Monty Williams should be the coach in Phoenix going forward. I mean, that's, that's, that's your guy. You found your guy. A lot of teams don't have their coach right now. That's, that's your coach stick with him. And I think he and Chris Paul, you know, they obviously were together when Chris Paul was in new Orleans, you know, at the beginning of his career and they saw some, some good success. So I think this is kind of like their redemption year, you know, because they last year when they were in the bubble, Chris Paul wasn't there yet. I think Monty Williams getting Chris Paul, they both know each other so well and they're both leaders. And I just love hearing them talk to the, to the other players because I think they have a very similar mindset. I think Phoenix is the team for Chris Paul. I hope, you know, cause I think right now, isn't there uh, his contract is up in the air, Chris Paul, like if he'll come yeah. back. Winner loses finals. You have a great situation right here. Mm-hmm. And do you know how motivated a Devin Booker would be if they lost? A DeAndre Ayton would be if they lost. Especially, you know, DeAndre Ayton has been having a great series. I mean, he had one game where he had like six points. Um, so yeah, that was great. Yeah. So I mean, you look at that, and it's hard. It's hard to say that if they lose, it would benefit them. But I think if they lose, they'd just be so motivated. I think the Suns would be a team to look out for next year. Really? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, because Monty Williams is in the coach of the year discussion for me. I I, I try to make that argument, right? But I, I know it's not the same, but think of the NFL. Every single year, it's like, all right, team, team loses the Super Bowl. They'll be motivated. They'll mm-hmm. seek blood for the next year. And it almost never happens. Falcons are a great. They the Falcons still haven't recovered. Four football, years later, the Niners a lot different. It is, but I'm just saying, like, how often does that really happen? Where you know, yeah. in theory, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, not to go in the weeds, but um, the Sixers lost to the Raptors in seven games, right? And Kawhi hit the fadeaway game winner in the corner, and Embiid was crying in the locker room. He was so emotional, and I was like. This Sixers team, they bring back Jimmy Butler, maybe. This is a team to look out for. I picked them to go to the finals the next year. Pretty much, I mean, not solely for that reason, but that was a big reason why. Mm-hmm. Their best player is going to be motivated. He's not going to want to experience this again. And then the next year comes, and they get swept in the first round. So, I, in theory, that, that, that argument makes sense, but I don't know if it actually materializes. Um, but going back to Chris Paul, though, I don't know... I think we'll have good memories of Chris Paul, like if he loses this finals, um, because one, he won at every stop he was at. It wasn't championship winning, but it was from catastrophe to that's a pretty darn good team right there. Yeah, significant improvement wherever he went. Yeah, and you, if you look at the stats, and fifteen years, we're gonna mostly forget the like the details of the game we'll remember the the Giannis alley-oop we'll remember the Giannis block we'll remember a lot of Chris Middleton shots but when we look back at this finals in 15 years and we look back at the stat sheets and this this speaks to how important it is to actually watch the games Chris Paul is averaging 21 9 three rebounds I mean the turnovers are a little uncharacteristic mm-hmm. but 21 and 9 on 54 percent shooting and 52 percent from three that's a good Chris Paul series considering he only averaged 16 in the regular season. Like I think in 15 years, we're going to look back at this and be like, Chris Paul, it wasn't really his fault, but now, you know, as we're in the thick of it and we're, we're watching every game intently, we're seeing a little uncharacteristic Chris Paul and maybe it's the hand, like you said, but Drew holiday's gotten the better of Chris Paul throughout the last, I would say since game two, since game two. Yep. So Maybe in 15 years we'll we'll remember it fondly, but right now it's it's unfortunate because I had high hopes for Chris Paul. I thought it was going to be the Finals MVP. Now, too. even if Phoenix pulls off the next two games, it's Booker, and, and Booker's generationally talented. He's a scorer, but I mean, like you pointed out, Chris Paul's leader of that thing. Chris Paul is the reason that they're even there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think you know his presence just speaks volumes but uh tip of the cap to james jones who made that roster uh drafted a yep. kind of whiffed on the luca thing not gonna lie but he drafted <laughs> ayton drafted ayton uh brought in chris paul 
uh, Jay Crowder acquisition. I mean, he he stitched that whole thing together, and I, I do agree. I don't know if they're going to be the odds-on favorite to get back to the finals if they lose this year, but they'll be in the mix. They'll be right. In the mix for sure. Well, they weren't. They weren't. They weren't a favorite this year. You know, that's fair. And 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 look what happened. But I mean, I agree with everything you said. And you know, game one, I thought that was the best game I've seen Chris Paul play. Game one, because I mean, he completely controlled that game. I mean, he had what, like 30, 30 something points. Um, he was dishing the ball, being aggressive, making shots. Um, and he also, he hit a shot last game. I know he didn't have a great game, but he hit a shot last game over Giannis. That was like a fadeaway on the baseline. And it was beautiful, which is why, like you said, people might look at 21 points. Oh, well, he's not scoring a lot. You know, Booker's averaging over 30. Well, you know, the 21 points are hard earned points for Chris Paul. You know, I mean, he's, he's one of the smallest guys on the floor, but he's also one of the best and he's, you know, the shots that he's making are tough shots. If they win, he gets a lion's share of the credit, but if they lose, he's going to get the lion's share of the blame. And that's just kind of how sports are. Well, let's go down. I have something planned for towards the end of the show, which I'm going to get you riled up here. So if, oh if you listeners out there are waiting for a riled up Ben May Maritas, you're going to have to wait a little while. Uh, Cause it's coming. It's coming. I guarantee you. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, but I did want to, I did want to touch on this before we get to that. See that that's what they teach you at Massasoit radio school. You got to tease things. <laughs> you got to put things on the back burner. Uh, little, little side note, a couple of things I learned at Massasoit. If anyone's listening from Massasoit one, I learned in TV class, you always take the covers of your lens of your camera and you put it right back in your bag. Right. So you never lose it. That's the, that's the number one thing I learned at Massasoit. You never lose it. Uh, Cause I'm prone to lose a lot of things. I lose my mind most of the time. Um, True. And the second thing is you always tease things. You always, you know, down the line. So uh, yeah, that was odd. But anyway, a <laughs> little Massasoit plug there. Yeah. Enroll today. Fall, tw- uh, what is it? Fall 21. <laughs> they're a sponsor of this podcast. No, they're not. Oh God. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> anyway, um, news came out. Our beloved, we love him, Tom Brady, mm. Tampa Go. Bay Buccaneers quarterback. If you if you don't know who I'm talking about, yep. Played an entire season with a torn MCL, and I read a story calling it a nagging nuisance. And I, I if you listen to <laughs> if you listen to last episode, I called laundry a nagging nuisance, not a torn MCL. Um, <laughs> so, first of all, how? Second of all, why? And your thoughts? Everyone listening, you everyone listening should just know that I am the biggest Brady fan. I you know have followed his career ever since I could walk, pretty much. So. I mean, he's the goat. This, this, this just, this just adds to his already ludicrously large legacy. That was three L's right there. Ludicrously large legacy. Yeah. Boom. There we go. It's that Massasoit education paying off. Um, (laughs) But to, to play through an entire year. And I saw a lot of people on, on social media being like, Oh, like that's cap. That's, there's no way he, there's no way he played an entire season with, with MC, with an MCL tear. That's how unbelievable that is. Cause all the young viewers, all the young NFL fans are going, there's no way he could have done that at 43 years old, the torn MCL, like he should be done. It's because in case you haven't noticed, Tom Brady, isn't like other humans. He's way he's there's, there's levels to this. He's the greatest player in NFL history. And that's not debatable. And Clearly, it's his it's his uh, pliability and hydration and avocados and you know uh, his protein shakes. I don't even know. And his his riveting content. Yeah, and it, riveting. His his his, his uh, Under Armour t shirts that he wears to sleep that that helps him <laughs> sleep and stuff. And his mattress that he that he sleep. Whatever, whatever the case may be, he is the most focused athlete ever. He, I would argue he's the most mentally, he's the mentally strongest athlete I've ever seen. And that's more than Kobe, more than uh, Jordan and more than, more than LeBron. LeBron isn't even in that, in that category. He is. I think you just said him. (laughs) I helped you out, but I wanted, I wanted to say that just to, cause I knew you were going to say it if I didn't say it, but anyway, Um, 
because because Brady doesn't have the athleticism of those other guys. He had to work at it. And you look at Brady's career at, at the beginning when he first got drafted, he wasn't very good athletically. I mean, he was great mentally. You know, he knew the playbook inside and out. And he was he, he knew what to do in situational football. But, you know, his throw wasn't great. His his pocket mechanics weren't great. But you look at him now. And I, it's like him, Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Those are the three best quarterbacks in the league. Russell Wilson, you got to throw him in there. Those are the those are the three or four best quarterbacks in the league right now. And why? And one of them is in their forties. Not only are they in their forties, they're going to be forty four, mid forties. Yeah, they're going to be forty four this this season. Are you kidding me? He just came off of a season where he had the best playoff run maybe of his career, you beat Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers on the way to beating Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. And not only beating Patrick Mahomes, humiliating him in the Super Bowl, winning Super Bowl MVP, winning, winning five Super Bowl MVPs. That's more than anyone else has Super Bowl wins. Okay. Your seventh win that puts you in rare air because I mean, you know, six is kind of the magic number because of that guy, Michael Jordan you know, kind of set the bar of Jason Snow is rolling his eyes at me, listeners. Anyway, um, he always has to come up in everything you say. In I, every- well, we're, we're talking goats here. We're talking goats here. Are we not? Jordan set the bar for six. Kobe, the reason why Kobe played so long was because he wanted to get six. He was at five for a really long time. He wanted to get six to match his childhood idol, right? LeBron, LeBron says it all the time. I'm chasing that ghost in Chicago, right? Six is the magic number. And, you know, LeBron could get there. LeBron could get to six. But Brady did it in a league where it's hard for dynasties to happen. By the way, he went from the Patriots, Mm -hmm. from being a cornerstone of the greatest franchise in sports history, leaves just walks through the front door of Tampa Bay. That's what it's called now. We mm-hmm. don't call it Tampa Bay. Stanley Cup champions back-to-back, Tampa Bay Lightning, Tampa Bay Lightning. That didn't happen when Brady wasn't there. Anyway. Um, Rays made it to our World Series. Yeah. Like, what's going on? What is going on? It. He brings it with him. He breathes life. Like, like give, he gives mouth-to-mouth to everywhere he goes. That sounds so wrong. We're getting real dirty now, but... The last two and a half minutes of this is it, just, it's just a Jordan you're slobbering over, over yeah, Jordan yeah. Brady. The, the, you this started this. this you asked me about his, on. yeah, the, you asked me about his MCL. So now I'm going to have a Brady fanboy moment. Okay. <laughs> Forgive me. Sue me as Michael Scott would say. Um, after the bye week, well, I think it was week 14. It was, they didn't lose a single game all the way to the Super Bowl. Yep. And oh, that's that's what I was saying. He walks through the front door of of Tampa Bay, who hadn't been in the playoffs since 2011, who really didn't know how to win. I mean, they won seven games the year before with Jameis Winston. And I know Jameis Winston is, you know, how can I put this lightly? Garbage. Um, <laughs> um, and he just he shows that franchise how to win. And then Bruce Arian said it. He said it took only one man. And you know, that's and Bruce Arians is now a Super Bowl winning head coach, which you and I laughed at because you and I were very critical of Bruce Arians. And, you know, Brady, Brady just figured it out, man. And, you know, there's a lot of times like like Bruce Arians said it, too. He's like, sometimes I just sit back and watch and he just lets Brady run the offense. That's just that's absurd. That's absurd. And I know he's 43 and I know he's been around the block and, you know, he's seen everything. But that's what makes him the GOAT. That's what makes him the goat. So um, this is my Brady rant for the day. Um, Jason Snow made me do it, but yeah, he's the goat and there's nothing that he can do now that would diminish that first bout hall of famer. I think he's gonna, they should, they should rename the Super Bowl MVP trophy as the Tom Brady Super Bowl MVP trophy. Cause who's won it more than him. The answer is no one. Mm-hmm. Unless, you know, Patrick Mahomes decides to win you know, five or six more Super Bowls. That's like kind of a tough task. This should be noted. I brought you on 
specifically, and I designed the show this way. We're going to lead off with Giannis. We're going to lead off with your Greek heritage. We're going to be, we're going to lead off with the NBA finals. And then we're going to talk about Tom Brady. This, this is you. This is, this is you as a podcast. God, I'm so pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hey, man. I, by the torn MCL. I, I don't know if I told you this, but I started uh, lifting the other day. So I'm a big power oh, wow. lifter now. Yep. Nice. I can lift cities. It's, it's insane. Gains. Okay. <laughs> I came home from, from the first day. I couldn't stand up. I, I felt like an 85 year old man who needed a walker. I, 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 I struggled putting my shoes on. My sock fell onto the floor. I couldn't pick it up. I think it's still laying there. Like that, that was the status. And, and then I, the news comes out minutes later, Tom Brady completes a 16 game regular season, wins the Super Bowl, like you said, over Mahomes, Brady, Breeze in convincing fashion with a new team, a relevant franchise, sub 500 head coach. And I just felt pathetic about myself. I really did. Well, you know why, Jason? You probably, you weren't, you weren't eating the avocados and you weren't doing the TB12 diet and you, you weren't pliable. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are all keys, man. These are, those are all, those are all the keys. Not only that, but there's, it's all, it's all mental. Like, like it's not because it's all between his ears, man. I mean, he's him and Alex Guerrero were the ones that kind of, this was their brainchild, the TB12 thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, clearly it works. Cause he's been playing for, he's about to go in year 22. My goodness. Year 22 as a starting quarterback. Unbelievable. And he's going to be 44 years old. And you know what's scary? They could make the Super Bowl again. <laughs> they could. They're they the really could. They're favorites in the NFC. I would yeah, take them they, over Green Bay. They really could. Seattle, San Francisco. I would take them over everyone. They, 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 brought, they brought in all 22 of their starters. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, who knows if he's going to play for them. I don't know if, I don't know if you saw, but uh, apparently he turned down a... Um, a huge extension. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So we don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, new Orleans doesn't really have a quarterback right now, unless they go with, you know, Taysom Hill or Jameis Winston. Okay. That's not going to beat Tom Brady. Denver Broncos. Um, with Drew Locke. No, Aaron Rodgers is going to go to Denver. Calling oh, 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 okay. Call, no, call that, yeah. right now. True. Well, that, well, That'd be AFC, and then he'd be in the same division as the Chiefs. That that actually be really interesting. You would look at the Chargers and say they have the third best quarterback in their division. You you know what you know when you think of third court, third best quarterback in their divisions, you usually think of Flacco. You usually think <laughs> yeah. of uh, Matt Schaub. You think of Jake Locker. You <laughs> Ryan think of Tannehill, Blake Bortles. You don't think of Justin Herbert. Is that the greatest collection of quarterbacks in a single division? I've, I haven't looked back, but if, if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, which I'm telling you right now, buy the stock right now. Uh, yeah, is, no, it, would that be it? That, that would be it. That, that'd probably be it. I mean, this doesn't really stack up, but I'd say the, uh, the AFC North is pretty, well, they were good until big Ben like fell flat on his face. Yeah. But you know, they had, they had Ben Roethlisberger, Lamar, Joe Burrow, who I think is going to pop in year two. Our guy Baker. Baker, who figured it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'll admit it. On the final call, I was calling for for Baker's job. I was saying he is not a starting quarterback in this league. I was ripping him apart. And but you know, he he figured it out midseason. So I got to give him credit. Um, you know, he he played really well. I will admit. And they they beat the Steelers at home in a playoff game, which that was more of the Steelers beating themselves and the Browns beating the Steelers. But either way. A win's a win. Baker Mayfield is the Chris Middleton of NFL quarterbacks. Um, oh, <laughs> uh, that, hey, that that's that's what I miss about Jason Snow the the analogies, like the comparisons. Yes, I love it. Thanks. <laughs> a, lot, a lot goes into them. Oh yeah, a no, lot I, of fun. I love it. I love it. I, I barely sleep at night trying to think of things like that. <laughs> Anyway, um, I'm sifting through our DMs because they're they're on fire right now. They really are sending yeah. each other LeBron posts, Michael Jordan stories. It's it's a it's a dumpster fire in mm-hmm. a good way. It's just chaos. 
but Sports Center posted something yesterday night. Yesterday night. Who said last night? Um, <laughs> and Ben, you sent this to me at 9.15 p.m. Bench one player. All players are in their yes. prime. Yeah. Uh, try to set this up here for the listeners. So bench one player, all players in their prime. And then it has a grid of of two columns, three three players in each column. So LeBron, Kobe, Michael Jordan, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and Shaq. Bench one player. So meaning, you know, if you had to list a top five players, which one of those players would be on the outside looking in? Our answers are different. So who who, you know, Pick one player. If you had to bench one player out of that starting six, who would it be? Well, let me preface this because I also sent this that that post to um two of my friends who I have in a group chat, and you're cheating on me. Never, Jason. Never, Jason. a plug. No, well, because I wanted to hear what they had to say, and yeah, um, that's fair. I'm just kidding. But uh, I was I was shocked. My buddy Justin said um. He said he'd bench Kobe. Shut the show down right now. Yeah. And I said, I said, all right. I said, are you drunk? I said, are you drunk? And he's like, well, it would fit. Like I already have Michael Jordan at at my two guard, you know, LeBron. He's making a physical lineup. Yes. 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 I I guess that makes sense. But I I looked at it differently. Like the the best players. Right. I, I did too. But, um, so yeah, he said, you know, I already have Michael Jordan. So I'd have Steph. LeBron at the three, Durant at the four, Shaq at the five. And I was like, okay, I'm not mad at that, I guess. But I disagree. I would bench Kevin Durant. I don't need it. I don't need him. I don't need him. I would have Steph. I'd put. I'd probably put Kobe at the two, uh, Jordan at the three, LeBron at the four, Shaq at the five. And I wouldn't lose. You would lose to my team because I would start <laughs> Kevin Durant in that team. Imagine that. Hey, God built freak in a lab. We don't know where he came from, but here he is. He's wearing a number seven jersey now, previously number 35. Seven foot, one of the best scorers in league history, plays like a guard, can shoot like Reggie Miller, defensively imposing, can, can handle. What else do you need? What else do you need out of a basketball player? I get it. I get Silence. it. Silence. There it is. I get it. No, I get it. But I, you know, I'd rather have Steph. So you, hold on. So you'd bench Steph is what you're saying. I would bench Steph. If I'm talking, all right. If I'm going with simply the best players and I had, and I had to list out a top five list from that, from that original six, I'll go in order. I don't lack courage. And I'm going to preface this. I have not seen Laker Shaq live. I haven't seen Michael Jordan play ever outside of the highlight clips Ben shows me. So (laughs) I would go LeBron, Michael Jordan, Kobe, Shaq, Durant, Curry. If I'm talking about like best basketball players. That's a fair list. No, that's a fair list. I'd probably, I mean, I'd switch Jordan and LeBron, obviously, but other than that, I agree with the list. Now, why would you do that? Why would I switch them? Yeah, why, why, why would you put Jordan over LeBron? I think the, he's just a superior player. Far superior, far superior. And far I'm, superior. I'm, I'm, I'm talking, I'm talking just physically. I don't, I won't even get to the mentality because Jordan was a competitive psychopath. So. And he he was he actually had a competition problem. If if Jordan were like a serial killer, he'd be a the worst serial problem. killer. A gambling problem, really, because he never bet on basketball games. Yet he he needed to win. He needed it. He needed to punch Steve Kerr in the face. You know why? Because Steve Kerr because Steve Kerr was getting all the foul calls in practice, and Jordan got. I, don't, I can't say that. Jordan got mad. He whacked him. And to his credit, he did apologize. And you know what? Steve Kerr said it made him a better player. You know why? Because he stood up to the beast. No. He stood up to him, and he proved that he could play alongside the GOAT. You know Uh, why? The rightful GOAT. You know why Steve Kerr said that it made him a better player? There's one reason and one reason only. Yeah, why? 
Because if he says anything negative about Michael Jordan, not only will he be left out of the documentary, a black van will pull up to his house and he'll be never be seen from again. And the Warriors okay. will be like, where's our coach? And then Jordan will be like, well, I took it personally. That's you what would what? happen. He'd be I like left my out of the guy. documentary. I like my guy being super competitive. By the way, Scotty Pippen, we haven't mentioned him yet, but he's yeah. been going on a media circus lately saying all kinds of crap nonsense yeah and so he was in the documentary and he he notably did not like the documentary and you always point, hold on you, yes I. yes Didn't you we? always you always point to that documentary you know why i think you don't like it because it was a hit it was a smash hit and everyone loved it great reviews critically great reviews from viewers and casual fans alike and i think that bothers you because lebron's space jam movie how's that doing right now I've seen it. Haven't have you seen it? I have not, but I heard that it's garbage. All right, then don't then don't don't. All the reviews, all it. the reviews are trash, Jason. They're all saying that it's garbage. They're you all know, saying that it's basically an hour and a half long commercial. That's what they're saying. You you know what movie got bad reviews, but it's still a great movie that I haven't seen. The Godfather, I'm sure. There, there's a bunch. There's a bunch whoa, of movies. Whoa, whoa. First there's, of all, The Godfather never got bad reviews. So shut no, up. I'm just saying. I just named him. Okay. <laughs> You're lucky I could name that movie. I'm so uncultured. The, oh god. There's a bunch of movies that get bad reviews that are actually good. You know what? Let's watch it together. Let's watch it. Let's watch it. Let's watch Let's it. Do it. It'll be a date. Me and Jason Snow will have a date night, <laughs> and we'll, we'll we'll watch the the new Space Jam movie and. It'll it'll be like pulling teeth, but I'll oh, do it. That Jordan, I'll, I'll do it. Just annoyed me. Oh, give me ten weeks of your of your life, and uh, I'm gonna make a documentary about myself. And not one person outside of myself. I'm still trying to look for other supporters that that think that is selfish. People that I don't understand that. It's I'm gonna a make documentary. a documentary about myself, and uh, I'm gonna tell it as, as fact. <sighs> it's not like crazy. You're forgetting about all the the multiple episodes where it talks about Jordan's negative side, like his gambling problem and his other. I checked crap. out at episode two. I watched the rest, but it was oh it was hard. God. It was a hard watch. Oh my god! Ten weeks of attention. I can barely handle like thirteen minutes. Oh man! Whatever. I I I, I thoroughly enjoyed the documentary. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I learned a lot. Loved all of it. I, I think I rewatched it too because it's awesome. And it just further cements my guy. MJ23. That is all the time As we have <laughs> on the Jason Snow show. We probably went 20 minutes too long. And by the way, I let you uh, down. Folks. I thought I was going to get under Ben Mamouridis' skin. In fact, it was quite the contrary. He got under my skin. <laughs> That's right. Talk That's how I like MJ. it. Granted, if, right. you, if you if you rewind the tapes, it was it was my own fault for asking why he'd ev- elevate <laughs> Jordan over LeBron. So yes, yeah, yes, that is your. Fault. Is you you fault. poked the bear and then it bit you. So well, I'm right. trying to get some light. Okay. I'm, try, I'm trying to get some riveting takes. I'm trying to get some some criticism. I want and you, you got to, it. You got it. Well, I mean, you know, we didn't talk about. Uh, we got a fanboy episode. We got a Giannis fanboy. We just we uh, casually, yeah, we casually didn't talk about how LeBron lost in the first round in his prime. So you know what's funny? LeBron's prime is 18 years long. Jordan's entire career lasted 13. All right, that is won, the entire that is the okay. entirety of the Jason Snow Show. I'm speaking over Ben right now because <laughs> what he has to say is not not accurate. <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> And you're the Chris Middleton of uh, podcast appearances. You're great. Um, thank you, thank you. I say I, I I'd rather be the Giannis because I'm I'm Greek and I'm amazing. And you know what? Uh, you're a Giannis in my heart. You know that. Let's watch thanks, Space Jam Jason. together. Let's get together. Yes, yes let's do it. We'll, we'll share Enjoy. popcorn and everything. <laughs> All right, everyone. I will see you again on Friday. And uh, got a little announcement for you. So you know, stay tuned for Friday. Oh yeah. Stay tuned for Friday. All right. I'll see you.